0: now for something completely different I know you're, uh, you're you're hesitant to embrace new technology as you said but
1: you really could do a weekly podcast about that show and it probably would do pretty well because anybody that's as passionate about something as you are about this and is as knowledgeable about it I mean I really do think you could probably do pretty well really are you nuts see yeah you knew by the voice Sorry, hey guys. There's no not way. Working. You don't think it's working, Tony? Well, obviously, we're past the time, aren't we? Well, you want to... Boy. This is great. All right, I'll take one more. It's Let's carry low. this over. Jake, you're yeah. on the ticket. <laughs> guys, I think I can speak for all P1s, but I wish we could do a longer Dancing with the Stars segment. But I do have the correct answer. No, you don't. No, he doesn't. You don't. No I do There's not a chance you now. have it. No, 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 no. He doesn't have it. Well, Justin, I'm sorry. Usually, it's much smoother than this. You've you've hit a bad one here this today. Is the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, uh, one more. We got Chris. Had a great time. Chris, you're on the ticket with Tony. Tony's last appearance on the ticket. Go ahead. There you go. <laughs>
0: Well, I didn't know how prophetic uh, Dan McDowell was going to be with that last statement of his. (laughs) Anyways, we are back. Can you believe it? This is the Ballroom Blitz. I am Tony the Engineer. And to those of you that uh, listened to the Ballroom Blitz last season and came back, thank you very much. And for anyone new out there... Uh, here for the first time. uh, Very hearty welcome to you. Now, what is the Ballroom Blitz? Well, it's a podcast about that uh, venerable TV show Dancing with the Stars. that started way back in the summer of 2005, June 1st to be exact. And uh, you could probably know where I was that night. I was right in front of my little TV set in my house looking at this screen uh, uh, with the TV show Dancing with the Stars on it. And I was like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, I had been anticipating this for a long time, and here it was finally here, and there's a bunch of celebrities that I kind of knew about. Uh, They were dancing with uh, professional dance partners. Most of them, or all of them, very good-looking people. The women, of course, uh, in great shape, wearing next to nothing, so I love that. Um, The ballroom itself had this very uh, elegant, uh, traditional ballroom look with chandeliers and muted lighting and so forth. Uh, The music was fantastic. Uh, The lighting in the studio was fantastic. Flashing lights, you know, it kind of reminded me of a discotheque in one respect, but still with the uh, classy ballroom feel to it. Uh, The host was great. The judges were great. And I'm looking at this show thinking, I hope everybody else likes it because this is just awesome. awesome. Well, if someone would have been there and they would have said to me, hey, you know, in uh, 17 years, you're going to be doing a podcast about this TV show. It's still going to be on. The original judges are still going to be there. Uh, the original host should be there. He was done wrong a couple of years ago. But yeah, you're going to be talking about this show 17 years from now. I would have looked at them like they were from Mars. What What are you talking about? There's no way. In fact, I don't even know. Did we have podcasts back in uh, 2005? So I wouldn't even have known what they were talking about. But yeah, 17 years later... Um, I've seen all 470 episodes of the show, most multiple times. I've been out to the show in, L- in Los Angeles uh, 24 times, and I have been to 36 tour stops, which they do in the off-season. And uh, let me just tell you that uh, when my 40K administrator is talking to me on the phone, he's either uh, screaming at me or he's crying at me because (laughs) you know where all my retirement income is going. But uh, it's been an unbelievable ride, 17 years, and we've got new hope for the show now. For those of you that have been listening, you know we've had a couple rough years and uh, there is hope now. So I'm I'm, uh, super excited about uh, the upcoming season. Okay, we know what the ballroom blitz is. Well, who's this Tony, the engineer guy? Well, I used to work, by the way, for those of you that are listening outside of my normal area of Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. I used to work at a radio station here in Dallas called The Ticket, and it's a sports radio station. Uh, it's the greatest there was, greatest there ever will be. When people go to work there, they stay there. Uh, the on-air staff, the the main weekday guys, their their uh, roster didn't change for basically twenty years. And the uh, the uh, founder of the station just retired a couple years ago, but people don't leave is what I'm trying to get to the point. It's a fun place to work. But at the beginning of this year, I did exit finally after nearly 18 years at the ticket. And uh, you know, it was uh, kind of a tough exit, but I'm like, gotta be done. And then I was thinking, well, can I still keep the moniker Tony the engineer? I'm not really an engineer anymore. And, uh, by the way, if I didn't tell you, yeah, I was an audio engineer at the Ticket. And so I got to thinking, well, first of all, nobody cares. <laughs> Second of all, yeah, you know, that's how everybody knows me as Tony the Engineer. So, uh, we're going to keep that, uh, title going forward here. If you want the backstory of how the Ticket and myself and Dancing with the Stars all kind of merged, go back to, uh, last season's podcast, uh, episode one. I dived deep into that and gave you a little history. We certainly don't need to do that again, uh, but I thought it was interesting, too, that when I left at the beginning of the year, when I left the station, uh, little did I know that three very long-term employees would follow me out the door uh, so far. Here we are in September, and uh, you know we didn't all leave at the same time or talk to each other or anything. It's just no one leaves the station. So to have four long-term employees, two of them longer than 20 years and one of them about the same as me... Uh, a very strange occurrence, and I don't mean to lump myself in with them because they're much more integral to the success of the station and, and the success it did have. But I just found it really strange that four long-term employees would all leave at the same time. Uh, coincidence? I think not. But we're not going to talk about that. We got bigger fish to pro- bigger fish to fry, and that is Dancing with the Stars season thirty-one. First of all, before we jump into it. Let me give you my contact information. It's, uh, the email is dwtsp1 at Yahoo. That's the letters, D-W-T-S. See what I did there? And the letter P and the number one. And ticket people will know what I did there at Yahoo. So again, dwtsp1, the number one, at yahoo.com. Uh, please let me know what you're thinking about the podcast. If I'm doing things you don't like or if I'm not doing things you would like, uh, let me know. Uh, by the way, you can also follow me at, at, uh, on Twitter at, at Red Rhino 300. I do not tweet hardly ever outside of the Dancing with the Stars season. Well, maybe the tour season, but uh, uh, the next three months I'll be tweeting, you know, a couple times a week, letting you know what's going to be on the show. And also, hopefully, we're in uh, severe negotiations to hopefully bring back uh, the Dancing with the Stars Minute, which is a call-in show uh, to one of the ticket radio shows uh, called The Hang Zone. And um, I've gotten preliminary okay to do it. So if we do do that, that will be Tuesdays around 1220 and p.m. And, of course, we'll discuss what happened on the show the night before. So, uh, okay. Well, if you do have any uh, con- uh, comments or criticisms, uh, please let me know via the email. I had a few last year, and I really appreciated them taking the time to do that. And one of the recurring themes was, uh, let's cut that back a little bit as Junior Miller might say. Now, if you're not a ticket listener, I'm going to be dropping things like that from time to time because ticket people have their own lexicon. And we had a guy on the station one time, Junior Miller. Well, he's still at the station. He's one of the founders. And he told one of the board ops to let's cut that back a little bit when uh, they were playing some music uh, under his uh, talking. But uh, yeah, the people were saying my uh, podcast was too long uh, last season. And I didn't think too much about it at the time because I thought, well, you know, they can scroll through. They don't have to listen to the whole thing. So I went back and listened to some of the shows, which I hadn't listened to, you know, in eight months or 10 months whenever we stopped in last November. And I'm sitting there listening to some of them. And all of a sudden I say, God, does this guy ever shut up? And then I remembered, oh, that's me. Uh, (laughs) He's trying, give him a break, you know. But uh, yeah, it got too long and it lengthened as the year went on, which was the problem. Uh, The first few shows were around an hour 15, which I think is doable. Uh, But then they started creeping up to an hour and a half, an hour 45. And I think my last show was two hours and 20 minutes. And I agree, all that's way too long. So I'm cognizant of it this year, I'm going to try to cut it back, Uh, but once I start talking about this show that I love and the station that I love, all bets could be off, but uh, I will try to do my best. Okay, uh, format for this year's show is going to be very similar to last year's. Um, We will start off right away with a recap on the previous Dancing with the Stars episode. We will then have some either uh, ticket audio, which usually is going to be Dancing with the Stars related. And or we may just have some Dancing with the Stars stories, you know, whatever, whatever I feel like, I guess. And if we're lucky enough, I'm going to try to get an interview or two this season and we'll we'll uh, fit that right in there if we can. Uh, if we do get lucky enough to get an interviewee, uh, it will go longer then, just because I want to spend time with them because they mean enough to me to have them on the air. Uh, after that, we'll do a top 10 list. We did that last year, which is we pick a category like uh, the top 10 freestyles and Dancing with the Stars history. And that's the final dance each season that the fans vote on. And it's been a blast for me to run those down because it means looking back in the history of the show. And it's got a lot of history. And uh, a lot of it I've forgotten, even though I've seen every episode. And you know, a lot of these top 10 lists I kind of always had in my head. But now that I'm producing a list, I'm writing them down. And sometimes I might only have six or seven people on the list. So... It's uh, fun to go back and, well, what else do I remember? But yeah, that was a good one. Let's go back and look at it. And so it's been a blast, so we're going to do top 10 lists again. And then we'll wind up the show each week with a contest question. We uh, had a contest last season, and we're going to do it again this year. So we'll get into that a little later. So uh, that's the format uh, going forward here. And uh, let's just jump right in. Season 31, the contestants were announced on Good Morning America on September 8th. By the way, I'm recording this on September 12th, so anything that happens between now and September 19th, the premiere episode, I will not know about, and so I can't comment on. But um, that's what they usually do. They usually introduce the people on Good Morning America, and like a lot of seasons, a lot of rumors slip out beforehand. And I knew about half the contestants that ended up being on the show before they were announced, but that meant I had half of them left that I didn't know. And it was a real surprise and a lot of fun to see that on Good Morning America. And if I didn't mention it, we have 16 contestants this season. Uh, That ties the, um, let's see, season nine for the most contestants ever, and that's 16. So... uh, in season nine, if I remember right, they had three double eliminations. So they're going to have to do something like that uh, again this season because it's the same amount of weeks, usually about 10 weeks, that the show runs. So uh, that can lead to some interesting things. And I'm real curious to see how it goes because there's going to be a lot of changes on the show this year. We've got a huge announcement, an excitement, exciting announcement for long-term fans of the show. And uh, I'm hoping uh, that person that is coming on board uh, – can write the ship, and if anyone could, it would be him. But we'll talk about that a little later. Okay, let me grab a quick drink here before we get into the contestants. Uh, okay, we're just going to run them down. I'll give you their partners, their ages, and tell you a little bit what I know about them. Uh, I'm just going to go on the list that I found out about them. The first one was a person named Charlie D'Amelio. I do not know anything about her. She's a young woman or a girl of 18 years old. She's a TikTok phenom, I guess. And, you know, I did a little research once I saw her name as, in, as being on the show. And I looked up, and she has 145 million followers on TikTok. Let that sink in. 145 million. hundred uh, and forty-five million. That's unbelievable to me. So I had to do a little more research, and I found out that's the second most followers on the, you know, TikTok platform or what have you. So obviously, she has a lot of fans. And I watched a few of them. And what is she doing in those videos? She's dancing. And I did a little more research. She's had uh, dance lessons since three years old. So she's going to be unbelievable as far as dancing goes. And what really set it off was she looked familiar to me, and I couldn't place why. But then I found out why. Last year on network TV, Derek Huff and his sister Julianne did a special about uh, step Into the Movies, I think it was called. They did. They recreated iconic dance scenes from movies. And as it turns out, Charlie was on that with Derek, and they were dancing the uh, dirty dancing main scene together. And you don't dance with Derek Huff unless you're really, really good. And she was really good. So I can't imagine her not being in the finals, because if she's as good as it looks like she is, the judges will vote for, her, and if she's got that many followers, the fans will vote for her. Charlie's going to be in the finals. That's my big hot sports opinion here to start off. Okay, contestant number two is her mother, Heidi DiAmelio. Evidently, they have a family reality show. Uh, Heidi is in some of those TikTok videos I saw with her, and I guess she has her own account with millions of followers too. Uh, Heidi is fifty years old, and uh, I think who knows how she got on there. I don't think she would be. You know, a huge get for the show. Charlie's a huge get for the show. If you're number two in TikTok followers, that's a huge get, at least to the younger viewers. I don't know anything about her, but um, Charlie might have said, "Listen, if I'm coming on, you're bringing my mom on too." Who knows? But her mom is going to be with her—the first mother-daughter pair to ever be on the show. Heidi is 50. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, uh, the I'm going to give you the uh, dance partners too. Heidi is going to be with Artem, and Charlie is going to be. Get ready, old school people. Mark ballast is coming back after let's see his last season would have been season 25 and uh mark and Derek huff and julianne huff uh they started what i la- like to call the huff ballast dynasty back uh, julianne came in in season four and mark and uh Derek came in in season five and those three people over the next eight seasons of dancing with the stars one of those won the championship seven of those eight times that's called dominance that's called putting your stamp on the show and uh, mark and julianne and derek will forever be linked in the history of the show because of what they did to help that show in the beginning along with a lot of other people but good to see mark back um number three contestant joseph bina baina uh, he is the uh child of arnold schwarzenegger And uh, if you remember some years back, Arnold got busy with his maid at the house, and they produced an offspring. And I guess for a long time, she kept the paternity secret. But as that boy grew up, it was amazing how much he looks like Arnold. And uh, they had to cop to it, and then I guess Arnold and his wife got a divorce Maria. But uh, uh, he's a good-looking kid. He's uh, 24 years old. He's a bodybuilder like his dad, and uh, this is not unusual, you know, that they'll bring a a kid of a celebrity if they can't get the celebrity themselves. And look for Arnold in the audience um, sometime this season, and you know the show will love that. Don't know if he can dance, but uh, 24-year-old guy, like I said, a bodybuilder. His partner is going to be Daniela. He certainly got lucky there. I've always said Daniela is one of the best pros as far as choreography goes. And she's. this is her third season. Her first season, she got Nellie to third place, and then she won with Iman last season. This woman can get the best out of her partners. So who knows what'll happen there. Uh, number four contestant, Wayne Brady. We all know Wayne Brady. He's uh, 50 years old. His partner is going to be Whitney. Uh, Wayne is a multi-talented guy. You know, he's been on Broadway. He's an actor. He's a comedian, a great improv guy. I think he has broad appeal. So I would expect him to last a little while into this season, too. So Wayne Brady there at 50 with Whitney as his partner. Number five, an actor named Daniel Durant. Don't know him, but I don't watch too many movies. He was in a movie called Coda, I think, last year that won Best Picture Uh, So that's pretty impressive. And he's totally deaf as far as I know. And the movie was about deaf people, I guess. Uh, He's been a Broadway performer. Uh, You know, he knows how to work in front of a crowd. I think he's probably going to be good. I would have not said that initially because he can't hear. But there have been two other people that had trouble hearing on the show in the past. Marley Matlin, way back in season six. And, of course, Niall DeMarco, won season 22. And, you know... It's so courageous to me that these people go out there and dance in front of millions of people. I don't know how you do it when you can't hear, but humans can do amazing things. So uh, Daniel Durant, who knows what he'll do? His partner is Brit and he's 32 years old, but uh, keep an eye out for him. Uh, number six contestant, Jordan Sparks. Uh, most of us probably know about her. She won American Idol season six, I believe. Her partner is going to be Brandon. Jordan is 32 years old. She can obviously sing. But can she dance? Uh, I don't know if she's had any training. You would think that uh, if she's talented enough to sing, she can probably dance too. But we'll just have to wait and see. Number seven contestant Teresa Judice, G- I think she's a Real Housewife of New Jersey. Her partner is going to be Pasha, and Teresa is also fifty. Um, Real Housewives have a history on the show. It has not; they have not done great. Let's see if I could think of some of them. Lisa Vanderpump, uh, Nene Lakes, Erica Jane, Kim Zolciak. Just last season, Kenya Moore. She was probably the best of the bunch as far as dancing ability. Uh, So I don't expect much from Teresa. She said on GMA that she has never had any kind of training. And just in general, the voting office, at least... A voting audience, at least in the old days, they didn't treat the the Real Housewives very very well or properly. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say properly, but uh, the housewives sometimes come in with a little bit of an attitude, and that doesn't go well over. Well, it doesn't go over well with the uh, the old school audience of this show, at least the audience we used to have. Who knows what the audience is going to be? We'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Number eight, an actress named Selma Blair. Uh, I guess she's been in a lot of things. I don't know her again. Uh, She's 50. Her partner is going to be Sasha. And it's nice to see that. Sasha was was slated to be in the troupe this year. But uh, obviously, he got promoted up to the pro level of uh, having a partner. So I don't know if she's a late addition or what. But nice to see Sasha dancing with the pros again. Uh, Her big issue that she looks like she has is uh, she has MS, multiple sclerosis. And uh, Jack Osborne had that, a previous uh, person on the show. But uh, Jack, I don't think, had quite as severe a case as it looks like uh, Selma might have. Selma was on GMA of course with everyone the other day and she had some trouble talking. Uh, she was doing a lot of movement with her body that seemed you know, kind of uncontrollable and that could be an issue for her on the dance floor. We'll have to see how severe her case is and how that works. But uh, Sasha or Selma, Sasha is her partner, Selma Blair, 50 years old. Number nine, a guy named Vinny Guadagnado or Danino. He's a guy from the Jersey Shore show. And uh, again, we've had Jersey show pe- uh, people on the show before. Mike Sorrentino, let's see. He would have been season 11 way back in the day. And uh, Snooky Polizzi, I think her name is. We all knew her as Snooky, I guess. She was in season 17. Snooky was a pretty good dancer, but again, the audience did not treat them well. So I wouldn't expect too much out of any. He's 34 years old. Uh, and his partner is Coco, who's, uh, let's see, her last name is Iwasaki. And she's a new pro to the show, the only really totally new pro to the show uh, this season. Uh, number 10, Jesse James Decker. She's a country singer. Uh, she's 34. Her partner is going to be Alan. I don't know again if she could dance. I would think she has some dance experience just because she's an onstage performer as a singer. And She's a country singer, and generally anybody that has some kind of relationship with country music seems to do well on the show. Country music uh, seems to produce a lot of followers of the show, or at least a lot of voters, and uh, I think she might be okay. But again, of course, we have to see if she can dance at all. Number 11, uh, Gabby Windy. She's a bachelorette, I think, that was just on this past season. It may still be going on. I'm not sure. But uh, her partner is going to be Val, who we all know is kind of like the old school, second generation pro dancer. And uh, Gabby's 31. Bachelorettes have done exceedingly well on this show. Three champions, in fact. Let's see, uh, Caitlin Bristow, Hannah Brown, Melissa Rycroft. Uh, The Bachelors have not done as well, but they've done very well with the audience vote. And, you know, that kind of is all that matters these days, it seems like. So... uh, if any Bachelorette fans come over, and if Gabby's a likable person on that show, she may last quite a while. Who knows if she can dance? But uh, you know she's got a good one in Val there, so uh, we'll see how that pans out. Number twelve, an actor, uh, Trevor Donovan. Uh, he's famous for being in the Hallmark movies, I guess. I don't know the guy. He was in Nine Hundred Two One Zero, not the original, but one of the reboots of that. Uh, he's a hunky guy. <laughs> he's forty-three. And his partner is going to be Emma. They're going to be a very attractive couple. Emma's always just darling to look at. She's wonderful. And she's one of my favorite pros. She's good. And Trevor's a good-looking guy. So uh, who knows? If there's any chemistry there, maybe, uh, maybe that'll help along the way with Trevor and Emma. Uh, 13. Here's the old-school gal on the show, Cheryl Ladd. Uh, people of my age will know her from Charlie's Angels about 40 years ago. And she's 71 now. Uh, Most 70-year-old-plus people do not do well on the show. I think she is the, if I'm not mistaken, the 14th person on the show that's been 70 or older. And you don't have to go very far till you find somebody that's... Uh, That was was very good because there was only really one, I think, that was pretty good, and that was Tommy Chong, and he wasn't great. He was just very entertaining as well as he could move a little bit. Some of these 70-plus-year-old people can't move, so I'm hoping she'll be able to. Her partner, and again, old-school people, get ready, is Louis Van Emstel. Talk about going back. He is a season-one pro, and... He's been a big friend of the show, helped with choreography. He's been on, I want to say, 10, 11 times. The last time he was on was season 21 with Paula Dean. So when they announced he was coming back, I'm like, okay, there must be a really older woman on the show that he'll be paired with. And or maybe they'll pair him with a man because Louie uh, is homosexual and they did woman and woman together last year, Would they do man and man together. Well, nope, he's going to be with Cheryl. And uh, great to see Louie back on there. He's 50 years old. He'll be the oldest pro on the uh, show's history, in the show's history. But might be fun to watch him and Cheryl do a little bit. Uh, number 14, Jason Lewis, another actor. I guess Sex and the City was his big acting role that people might know him from. I went back and looked at some of those videos, and he looked really hunky on the show. He is now 51. Uh, I guess he could still be hunky at 51, but we'll see how that plays with the ladies in the audience. Uh, His partner is going to be PETA, and nice to see PETA back, too. She's kind of been in and out the last few years. She had a child and took some time off, then came back and then was off again, I think, to try to get pregnant, and and, uh, now she's back on. So nice to see PETA back. Number 15, someone named Shangela. Don't know that name at all, so I was like, what's this? And I thought, huh, pretty attractive woman there. And it turns out it's a drag queen. So (laughs) Uh, his real name is Darius Pierce. And I guess he was on some seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, that TV show. So uh, he's 40 years old, and guess who his partner's going to be? Gleb. So even though he is going to dress as a woman and have all the outfits and makeup and so forth on, he will be dancing with Gleb. So that will be the first man-man pairing in the history of the show. I really thought I might go with Louie on that, but... Uh, It'll be interesting to see. We've got kind of a new audience coming in this year, I think, anyways. We'll get into that in a minute. Will they accept two men dancing with together, two, Dancing together? And will it even matter because he will be dressed as a woman, and he looks very nice as a woman from what I saw on Good Morning America. And it looks like he's just full of entertainment value and flamboyancy, and, you know, we want to be entertained on this show. So it might be an interesting pairing. And then finally, number 16, a guy named Sam Champion. For those of you that might know Good Morning America, he's one of their weather people. Ginger Z, the main weather person, has been on before. She was in season 22, I believe, finished in third place. So usually the GMA audience will go over to Dancing with the Stars since it's all in the family, ABC and Disney. And uh, I, I don't think he's going to do much, though. He's going to have a little bit of a fan base, maybe, but he's 61. And he says he's never danced before, and it's going to be a tough road for him, I'm thinking. Uh, Cheryl is his partner, the old war horse, Cheryl. And I say that affectionately. She's been on, I think this is her 25th season out of 31 seasons. Unbelievable. Cheryl started way back in season two. So there's your 16 contestants. It was very much a, uh, a template selection. You know, They have this template or this boilerplate where they pick certain types of people to be on the show. They want old, they want young. They want a bachelorette. They want, uh, you know, someone that's been on a reality show. Uh, They want a country singer. They want uh, uh, somebody that, you know, is in social media like TikTok. So uh, they covered almost everything. Now, there is a couple exceptions, and I'm a little shocked. But I have no problem with it. There's no football player this year. You know, they've had 23, I believe, in the history of the show. And there's no Olympic athlete this year, probably partly because the Olympics are in an off-season maybe or off-year. But uh, I got no problem with that. It's just that's kind of an omission that they usually have in there. But other than that, it's a very typical selection process. The age thing is interesting. Um, They do have a good range of 18 to 71, which is typical. But... I'm surprised they don't have younger people. There's only two people in their, well, one in their teens and one in their 20s. Everybody else is 30 or older. And that shocks me because, you know, they are on Disney Plus this year. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So I would assume they're going to have a a younger demographic watching the show. And I thought they would skew really young with the contestants. But like I said, two people that are young, really, 18 and 24. I mean, 30-year-olds are young too. But uh, it stunned me that there's five people in their 50s. And that's quite a few people 50 and older, plus the 61-year-old and 71-year-old. But... uh, In general, it's a pretty typical selection, but uh, I can't wait. I'm super excited about it for lots of reasons. And we're going to get into some of those reasons in our next segment because I want to throw in a little ticket audio here and a little recap of my history with the station. Again, if you want to deep dive into my uh, history with the station, go back and listen to episode one and maybe a little episode two last season. But I just want to give a brief timeline. And some of this stuff I know we covered last year, But I got to tell you, I went back and listened to the shows, as I said, and I had forgot a lot of what I had done. And I'm like, oh, good. I talked about that. And so I'm thinking if I forgot what I did last year, you listeners that have come back, if there's any of you, you've forgotten what I've done. So if I do repeat something and you've already heard it and you don't like that, forgive me, but I bet it won't bother most people. And uh, as I said, I've forgotten most of it. So I imagine most of you had too. Okay, well, yeah, it's been an unbelievable run with me and the ticket and Dancing with the Stars. I watched Dancing with the Stars in anonymity for probably about six years, and it started in 2005. Well, in 2011 is the first time I ever really remember talking to any of the guys about the show, and it was done with a text. Bob and Dan, the afternoon show at the time, this would have been in 2011, six years after the show started. They were talking about Rob Kardashian and kind of bashing him a little bit. Like, what has this guy ever done? And I texted in. I couldn't help myself. You know, I was listening. I wasn't working. I said, well, Rob just finished second Dancing with the Stars and uh, season 13. And of course, no reply. And I didn't expect one. But next time we were working uh, on air, they brought it up and I got real nervous right away. And I start backpedaling and oh, I was just watching the show because I was skimming around on channels and I saw something was ending and I had to just stop and see it. So nothing really came of that. But I didn't say anything else then. So for two years, I said nothing else. And then the afternoon shows in their crosstalk had a segment called Why Today Doesn't Suck, which they still have. And uh, they announced birthdays of celebrities and athletes. And I started hearing more and more people that have been on Dancing with the Stars And I wonder, like, why aren't you guys mentioning that? Well, of course, none of them watch the show. Because when you mention a birthday, someone throws out a little tidbit. Like, I don't know, Emmett Smith, you know, Cowboys running back, whatever, something basic like that. And I just started thinking, you know, do I dare ever say something like that, that this person was on Dancing with the Stars? We were told early on at the ticket, engineers are to be seen, not heard. Of course, that went out the window with myself and a couple others, if you've listened to the station. But I was very nervous about it, and I didn't do it for the longest time. And I thought, well, I I don't know. One day, I just couldn't help myself. And it happened to be the birthday of Bill Nye. And I just wanted to play a quick little audio here. As far as I know, this is the first time I ever spoke up about Dancing with the Stars in the year 2013.
1: (laughs) And uh, really, er, Bill Nye is 58. That's it? I'm a fan. Dude, that's I it? Would, I would think he's older. Dancing with the Stars. How can you not be a fan? Wait, hang you. on, hang on. Tony Ooh, just wanted whoa. to jump in here. Sorry. What's up? Dancing with the Stars. Who? <laughs> who am I? He's on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> he finished second to last in this last season. Oh, Tony, I'm sorry. Give Can't old Tony a call. How does Tony <laughs> know that? Why <laughs> are you <Sorry>. watching Dancing <laughs> Tony, with the Stars, talk? Tony? Give him a call. It's one eight, thing to eight, know eight, who <laughs> won. Seven eight seven thirteen ten. He's a Bill Nye P1. Did you vote for Bill Nye? Oh, I need to text (laughs) NYE.
0: It's the Tony Show. But Well, there you go. That was the very first time, and I was so thankful that those guys laughed and talked about it. I was so afraid that they were going to lay out like in a bad way, not in a fun way. (laughs) Or they would have said, you know, we don't want to hear that. Or or, after the segment, don't ever do that again. And I should have known better. These guys are not like that. And... They're always looking for little things that are new and different, I think, to jump on and make something out of it. Well, they certainly made something out of nothing with this bit because years went by and more and more stuff happened. So this would have been 2013. Uh, The next year, we had a girls' night out, which is a nighttime thing when all the hosts come to it. And I was engineering. And somehow Dan McDowell, who's been a big supporter of the bit for many, many years, he brought it up when we were talking about something or I wasn't talking, they were. And Junior Miller, the, one of the morning show guys, uh, picked up on it. And he didn't know about this at all because I worked didn't work too many muser shows in the morning. And when I did, I never talked on there with them. So he didn't know anything about it. Well, he became very fascinated with it. And the next thing I know, when I was working a muser's remote, I was on Gordo's Corner or they were asking me questions about it just for a segment. And a lot of neat things happened with the musers too. So that kind of... I don't know, ratcheted up the bit and embellished it. Everybody at the station then started knowing about it. Uh, The P1s got into it, which are the listeners of the station. And they would come up to me at remotes uh, as an audio engineer and like shake my hand and take pictures with me and and give me a hug. And I was like, I never realized how much fun that was, meeting all the listeners, because I was always a listener and still am at the station. Uh, But boy, it embellished my life with that, too. The guys liked it. The P1s seemed to like it. I liked it. And I thought, how far can this go? Well, the next year, 2015, the Ticket at that time was doing nighttime shows for other, for other hosts at the station that just wanted to come on and talk about something for the heck of it. They weren't getting paid, I don't think. They called them F around shows. You'd come on for an hour or two hours, and usually on Thursday nights, I remember, and they would talk about whatever. We had some of the younger guys come on and talk about video games. We had guys come on and talk about wrestling. We had guys come on and talk about golf, about travel. And I started thinking, I, then I'd been on air a bunch with the Dancing with the Stars stuff. I thought, would they ever let me go on and do a F-around show about Dancing with the Stars on a sports radio station at night? And I'm not even a uh, you know a broadcast person. I'm just an engineer. Well, I'll be darned. They did let me do it. And I actually did two shows in 2015. And it was so much fun. Um, <laughs> I don't have any audio because I don't want to take all day here because I'm going a little longer than I thought I would already. But... Uh that just kind of went up another level then. Junior Miller and Donovan, two hosts, came on the air with me and talked to me. Mike Soroy, one of the producer and one of the on-air talent greats they had, um, would, uh, he co-hosted both of them with me. And what a blast it was. And then I thought, oh, that's got to be it. Well, Cumulus owns a lot of stations in Dallas. And another one they own is called The Wolf. It's a country music station. So as an engineer, we worked all the shows. So I worked some of The Wolf shows when they would go out on remote. And next thing you know, they find out about the bit that I like Dancing with the Stars. And the wolf asks me, will you come on every Tuesday morning and do a call-in show about Monday night's episode? And I was just stunned. I'm like, what? Like, I'm the expert analysis or whatever? And they go, yeah. And so I ended up doing that with the wolf for six uh, seasons. Unbelievable. Um, Then I thought, that's got to be it. Well, the next year, 2016. Uh, an online publication, GuideLive.com, gets a hold of me. And they say, hey, would you write an article for us detailing uh, the finale of season 22? And again, I'm thinking, what? You want me to be like the expert editorialist on (laughs) season 22 finale? Yep, I did it. And I luckily predicted the right winner, Niall DeMarco. And that was a blast. And I'm like, okay, that's got to be it. I know this is a broken record, isn't it? Next year, I go on Good Morning Texas, which is a TV show here in Dallas, and I did that twice, and they had me on as an expert panelist, and uh, the first time I was on with um, Nastia Lewinkin, who was on the show, and then the next time I was on with a a dancing pro, uh, or instructor rather. And here I am, Mr. Nobody, giving my expert analysis on Dancing with the Stars. It's just so crazy. Well, real quick audio here. I'm going to say real quick a lot. It's about a minute and a half, I guess. Uh, the, muse, the musers in the morning, they were doing their show at the, sta- at the station, and there's TVs in their room, a bank of TVs. And Gordo's doing his segment called Gordo's Corner, and he sees something on the TV And listen to what they found on the TV that morning.
1: What are you pointing to? You don't have to just keep going. (laughs) Okay. What's going on? Is is that Tony? Tony? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. George (laughs) just pointed to a television that's on a particular local station. that has Tony, our engineer, who is on the air talking about Dancing with the Stars. Dancing Dancing with
0: with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars.
1: Dang, Sean's up in there. Turn it, it up. To pull this up. I can't believe. Here, you
0: got the, uh, the whatcha doodle? You know how
1: to control that one? Um, you want me to try to figure it out in Sean's room? Yeah. Here, George, you handle this one. You go to this one over here. This is, this is unbelievable to me. You know, we had a ticket ticker guy who turned his watching of reality TV into a full-time career, and he goes by reality We're Steve. <laughs> Uh, he, I don't know if you uh, can hear that. Performed the rumba with with that level of quality and, and, and emotion.
2: Yeah,
0: maybe he has an <laughs> unfair advantage, but, but a lot though, of people it? don't take advantage oh, of it. Oh, no. so, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great yeah. way
1: of putting it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd like to call it an that's advantage. Totally. I wouldn't call it an unfair advantage because if you look at the history right. of this show, every year you have people with dance experience and no dance experience. He has an advantage, but this show is built this way, so I wouldn't call it an. And he took advantage of it. Thanks
1: yeah. for being here this morning. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, everyone. Very pretty stuff. Last night, and we have a really special giveaway for dance. Okay, so that is ridiculous. That our engineer is now is there an expert on the- a television expert? Fancy no, stars. Okay, anyone
0: stars. who tuned. ha <laughs> there you go. The Musers, the morning show. I didn't tell them I was going to be on, and like I said, they just randomly had Good Morning Texas on their TVs in the background, and and they saw it and got a big kick out of that. I guess so. I thought, okay on TV. It cannot get bitter bigger. There's nothing else we can do. Okay, in 2018, we had a Dancing with the Stars watching party through the Ticket Radio station and you know, someone paid, a client paid for me to come out and MC the thing. Now we piggybacked off a hardline remote, which is our afternoon show, cuz I wanted a built-in audience, but uh, talk about crazy. Well, when you do something like that, an appearance or a remote, you have what they call a 40-liner at the station. And here's the 40-liner that was read on air by Bad Radio, the afternoon show, when uh, we were getting ready for the watching party.
1: One day, Tony, the hard line will be broadcasting from 3 to 7 inside the box garden at Legacy Hall. Okay. Immediately following that program... Will be the first ever exclusive Dancing with the Stars watching party from seven to nine, hosted by Tony, Tony the Engineer. If you walk up to Tony the Engineer and say, "Da da 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 da, da 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 da, da give me a number between one and uh, twenty. Sixteen, season sixteen. Who finished in second
0: place, Tony? Uh, That was a Disney kid. Her name was Zendaya Coleman, and a lot of people thought she should have won. I really didn't. Kelly Pickler, I thought, was a little more well-rounded. Hot uh, sports. There you go. Opinions. You're going to get not
1: only the answer you asked for, but a little more. A little (laughs) add-on.
0: There you go. So that was on air. And uh, by the way, any of you Dancing with the Stars aficionados out there who are banging your steering wheel right now, I get it. Um, you know, a lot of people wanted Zendaya to win that season. I love Zendaya. Don't get me wrong. She was always a breath of fresh air every time she was on. But for those of you that know me, I'm an old school guy, and I want the winner of the contest to be someone who didn't have dance experience and became a dancer. And now, if, if, if Zendaya was light years ahead of everybody that season, I would have wanted her to win, whether she had experience or not. But Give Kelly Pickler a try. She supposedly has had no dance experience, and she came on and just wowed everybody. So I really thought Kelly should win. I didn't mean to get off kilter then, but the Dancing with the Stars lovers of day. And again, I love her too. That's just I thought Kelly should have won because she didn't have any dance experience at all, and Derek turned her into a dancer. Okay, so that was uh, the 40-liner uh, for the watching party. Well, then they also have sometimes little, I don't know what you'd call them, advertisements about the remote coming up and the appearance coming up and this this played on the ticket And this cracks me up more than anything. For those of you who know the ticket, they've done unbelievable things over the years. And this guy has the audacity in this promo to say it's the greatest ticket event ever. So here we go.
2: The P1s have demanded it, and it's
1: finally happening. The biggest event in ticket history. The first official Dancing with the Stars watching party. Monday, October 8th from 7 to 9 p.m. From the Box Garden at Legacy Hall. Hosted by the ticket's own Dancing with the Stars savant, Tony the Engineer. Right, Tony? Dancing with the Stars. The Hardline will be broadcasting live from 3 to 7. Then, watch Dancing with the Stars inside the Box Garden with Tony, Dancing with the Stars. That's right, Tony. Huge prizes, dance lessons, trivia, and interactive games, and you,
0: the P one. Dancing with the Stars, that's
1: Garden at Legacy Hall. Dancing with the Stars, October
0: eighth. Dancing with uh, the Stars. Gosh, I'm telling you, for for me personally, that's just I get tickled every time I listen to it. The biggest event in ticket history, <laughs> and of course they got me doing the robotic dancing with the stars underneath it, and they got funny music and that announcers all hyped up, and I just think it's the coolest thing they they, they could have done for me. But uh, yeah, so we do a watching party, and that's the first time I gave away a trip to see the show live and in person in Los uh, Los Angeles. Nothing more can happen. Well, COVID hits, and uh, you know I'm like, okay, I'm uh, laid off from the station for a year and a half, and you know, people have moved on from the bit, probably. And I come back and I think, well, nothing's, it's dying out. Nothing's going to happen. Well, The Hang Zone, the new show uh, with Dan and Jake, they say, how about we do a Dancing with the Stars Minute? And next thing I know, I'm doing a call-in show with them on Tuesdays now, kind of replaced the Wolf show that I used to do. And hopefully, like I said at the top, we're in negotiations. I think I did. that. We're in negotiations to do it again. And uh, we hope to, but uh, I haven't heard yet. So, i guess i won't talk to you before then so check it out uh next tuesday at twelve twenty. uh the hang zone may have me back for another season of the dancing with the stars minute where i go on and uh come in on last night's show and then i thought well wow, that's that's the best and there's nothing more and then we have the podcast last year and of course again a big thank you to tc fleming who i'm using his studio again this year at least initially and uh you know, it wouldn't have happened without TC. So thank you that, for that, TC, getting me up and running again. And here we are in season two of the podcast. So there's a little ticket, Dancing with the Stars, Tony the Engineer journey uh, up to the present. And I guess it is going to be pretty much over now since I'm no longer an employee there. But uh, what a, what a ride it's been and how much fun it still is. Okay, well, let's get to our last segment here. We need to talk about some of the season 31 changes that are happening. And boy, do we have some changes this season. I guess the biggest one, at least for most people, is not actually my biggest one. But the biggest one for most people would be the move from ABC Network to the Disney Plus streaming service. Yes, you're going to have to pay for it now. Uh, It's a subscription to Disney Plus. Uh, But the exciting thing is, is that they picked it up for two years. So we've got season 31 this year and season 31 or season 32 next year. And that's great to hear. I, you know, I was afraid it was going to be a one year thing, one year, one year, one year type deal. And for them to pick up two years, that gives me a lot of hope and anticipation. Next year will be good too. So uh, uh, that's neat. And, you know, we got to remember the rumor is, is ABC was done with it. Uh, they were going to get rid of the program and it's nice to have any outlet that wanted it. And Disney plus is kind of a member of the family. You know, Disney and ABC are together and I'm just super stoked to have it. Uh, again, for the simple reason is it's still on and they've kept, or they're keeping so much of the show the way the old people like myself watched it. And I think that's so important. If you want to keep the old folks And I've always talked about, like, we want to skew younger And Disney Plus is going to do that, I think. But hopefully a lot of people will come over. I know a lot of people are squawking about, I'm not going to pay for a new service. And a lot of the older people don't know how to do streaming and don't want to do it. But hopefully a lot will come over and they'll get some new younger people and it'll be a success. Um, I would like to just say real quickly about the money. Um, I get it. There are some people that are on such fixed incomes that they budget every dime. And I think that's the minority of the people that watch Dancing with the Stars the vast minority. So when I hear people complaining about the money, it, it kind of rings hollow for me, except for those few, because Disney Plus is actually running a special right now. I see I'm, I'm recording this on September 12th. I don't know when you guys will get to hear it. But if you do hear it before September 19th and you're still on the fence, Disney Plus is running a special. The first month is only $1.99, and then every month after is $7.99. Well, you just get Disney Plus for three months that's what eight, 16, 18 bucks for three months. That's six dollars a month, and then you cancel your service at Thanksgiving when uh, Dancing with the Stars is over. We can afford six bucks a month. Come on, um, get a friend to loan you the money. Uh, don't go to Starbucks one day. Don't go to lunch one day. Eat ramen noodles a couple times. <laughs> uh, if you love the show, don't let six dollars a month keep you from you know going to see it. And uh, there's already other things they're doing. I saw a show on Disney Plus the other day that was called The Pros Picked Their 20 Most Memorable Dances. And it's on there now and you can watch it anytime you want. And it was hosted by Derek and Cheryl and Kim Johnson and Brandon. And the pros, I guess, got together and voted and said, here's what we think are the 20 most memorable dances in the show's history. And it was a blast. I watched this not only to see the updated pros. I love seeing Kim Johnson again. You know, she's my favorite female pro of all time. And they get in there and they have some fun. And then they play the video of the dance. And it's like, it brings back so many memories and so much fun to watch. That subscription is already paid for itself for me by watching that show. And you can watch it as much as you want. So uh, I just urge you guys, if you are fans of the show, Pay that six bucks a month and go get it. Disney Plus. Okay, the host. Oh boy. Unfortunately for me, Tyra and a lot of us, Tyra is coming back, Tyra Banks. But the hope is is that she has a co-host now, and the hope is he can, you know, temper her a little bit. And that's going to be Alfonso Ribeiro, the season 19 champ. Alfonso's a big friend of the show. He actually hosted the only time Tom Bergeron had to miss a show, way back in season 21. Uh you know, he's not Tom, but he's going to be better than Tyra, I know. And hopefully he'll be doing the interviews. You know, Tyra doing those interviews last year, oh, what a beating that was. You know, she didn't ask good questions. She talked over people. She got kind of combative with them. It was just awful. And I'm not saying she's a bad person. She's a great modeler or whatever she does, but she's just not good for this show. But they must have, she must have them over a barrel because I don't know why they kept her because it's just. Unimaginable to me why she's still there. The only thing I think of is she had a contract for five years, let's say, and says if you want me gone, you got to pay me a hundred million. And you know the station can't do that or the the service can't do that. It's uh, so the only thing I think of. And I had a lot of hope that Tom Bergeron was actually going to come back this season. I would given up, but we had a really really big change that gave me hope again. And that is, and you guys won't know about this unless you're a real hardcore fan of the show. Uh, Conrad Green is back. They fired the executive producer of the last five seasons, Andrew Linares, and they brought in Conrad Green. Conrad Green was there from season one through season 18 as executive producer. This man basically built this show along with a lot, every, a lot of, a lot of other people, the pros and, you know, the hosts and the judges, but he was the, the captain of the ship. And he knew what to do. He knew what the fans wanted. He knew how to put on a good presentation. He knew how to hire good people. Boy, one of the hallmarks of a great boss. You hire good people to do what needs to be done. And he's back. And when I heard that, that's the biggest news of the offseason for me. And just so, so hopeful that, you know, he's going to bring this thing back to some kind of glory. Now, uh, I really got hopeful then with Tom Bergeron coming back because, Tom knows how good he was, and Conrad knows how good Tom was. And Tom was actually on a podcast with someone named Vicki Abelson. This was in June of this year. And Vicki mentions about going to the streaming service, and Tom comments on that, and then Tom also comments on Conrad coming back. And this is when I got my Dancing with the Stars pants moving like crazy, because listen to what Tom had to say in that podcast.
2: So what? Uh, Lois and I watched was all streaming stuff. So right. it could be that this is uh, a brilliant, timely way to give the show more life. And I would say, because I'm biased here, you mm-hmm. bring Conrad back and you've improved your odds markedly. So, um, you know, it could it could well be, uh, as I said, I think in one interview, could put a new spring to its step. Uh, Do possibly. you think perhaps there's a chance they'll come back for their... their- their original host. <laughs> they bring him back. I was having. Possible? I'll be. I'll, I'll tell you something I haven't told anybody else. I was having lunch with Cheryl Burke, and Cheryl was the one that told me that Conrad was was talking uh, to them. So we sent him a, we sent him a video from the restaurant, I said, "You son of a bitch, you'd be the only person that would make me even think about it." So yeah.
1: Well, you know, never say never. You never know.
2: As as Sean Connery, uh, yeah, Sean Connery. I think that was the title of his last James Bond movie, wasn't it? <laughs> never say never again. So you never know. But so- I look well, uh, irrespective of me. I'm just I'm just happy that they finally uh, came to their senses and they're bringing somebody in who can really write the ship.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, when I heard that, like I said, I was so hopeful. Um, he actually says, you never know. And I've never heard Tom say that before. The only thing I've ever heard Tom say the last three years is, nope, that ship has sailed. I moved on. It's way in my rearview mirror. And they decided to go in the direction they're going. And he didn't want to come back because that guy, Andrew Lenaris, was still there. He's the one that fired him. And he's the... I won't say anything too bad about him because I don't know the guy personally, but he is an awful executive producer, at least of Dancing with the Stars. He came in. Uh, It reminds me of what Mike Reiner used to say, our founder at the radio station, about what he'd said about uh, consultants. They're like pigeons. They come in and they shit over everything, and then they fly away. That's exactly the way I look. Andrew Lenares came in these last five seasons. He comes in in season 26, and you longtime people will know, when did I say this show started faltering? Season 26. And he made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, never fixed any of his bad decisions. He just made another bad decision. And it, it's unbelievable. I could go down a litany of things that, that he made bad decisions about. I don't want to because I'm going to get all worked up, and I don't want to be, you know, mean guy again or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really bad. And um, I, I had hoped when he was gone and Conrad was back that Conrad would call Tom and say, yep, we want you back. Let's do this again, buddy, and bring this back to its former glory. That didn't happen, obviously. And I don't know why. I would love to find out. I would love to ask Tom. You know, did Andrew or not Andrew? Did uh, Conrad call you? If he did, what happened? Why didn't you take it? Um, again, the only thing I think of is a couple things. Number one, Conrad Green has lost his mind. He is not as good as he once was, but I don't think is the case. Uh, my guess is is that Tyra again had them over a barrel, and Disney Plus said, "Listen, Conrad, we want you to bring this show back." But you're stuck with Tyra. We can't get rid of her. We owe her $100 million and we're not going to pay her that. So you have to work with Tyra. And, of course, if she's going to work with Tyra, then Tom's not coming back. So uh, I'm officially giving up again. Tom will never be back. But, uh, again, super happy Conrad's here. And, you know, I want to just real quickly do a couple more audios here. They're very quick. Uh, I was on at the time when Season 26 ended, and that was their first bad season under this guy, his first season. And I was on with the Wolf and they asked me my opinion and I kind of told them, you know, that this was an awful season and I'm really concerned about it. And this is me going on with the Wolf. I think you have Tony Dovalani introducing me here at the beginning.
1: Hi guys, this is Tony Dovolani from Dancing with the Stars. And now with a report from Dancing with the Stars, here comes Tony, the engineer. Well, good morning guys. And mercifully, season 26, the mini-season is over. How are you feeling today? Are you happy? Are you sad? Or mixed emotions? What? You know, almost every season at the end, I say it's bittersweet. Sorry that it's over, but we had a fun season and what a great experience it was. It's much more just bitter this season. <laughs> uh, Why? Oh, my gosh. This thing came and went so fast. Uh, there's a million reasons. Uh, the songs were too short last night. Uh, the first dance was barely a minute. It's it just, everything felt rushed. When the champion was announced, they didn't get to talk to him. Uh, we don't even know who finished in second and third because they were running into American Idol's lead in and they had to get off the show. So the whole thing was just shoehorned in this season, felt rushed, and I gotta tell you, I felt like the show was disrespected by ABC. I really do. They were so concerned with Idol and getting that off the ground. I think they kind of uh, kind of abused the, uh, the old Dancing with the Stars show. Their shiny new toy.
0: Yep, yeah, I think so. You know, you're giving it to him. Good for you. Well, you know... Yeah, uh, that's about as as violent as I got on the Wolf call-in, and whenever I did get a little more upset, they would edit it out, because that was not, it was not live like the Hang Zone call-in is. But yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a layperson. I'm not a television executive, and I knew that they had done some damage to the brand in season 26. They basically prostituted it out to prop up American Idol retread, and... Oh, I just was so livid when they had that one-hour finale and a four-week episode, and you know, the ratings were down 20%, and it, you talk about a gut punch, and I'm like, you guys had the goose that laid the golden egg, you bring in this goofball Linaris. he makes an unbelievable decision, and I don't know, maybe it was a network decision, but you would think the executive producer has say over stuff like that, and it just, I was like, okay... Season twenty-seven is now super important. You guys got to get this right. So I'm on with the wolf again, and near the end of that that same uh, talk, they have me come. They, they ask about next season, and here's what I had to tell them about the upcoming season twenty-seven out much.
1: It doesn't seem to. They're pretty tight-lipped about a lot of stuff.
0: When is the next Dancing with
1: the Stars? Well, season 27 will be in the fall like normal. It'll be a normal September to November run.
2: What season did you say?
1: Season 27. Yeah. a lot of seasons. I know. I shouldn't be so negative. This thing is <laughs> such a great run, and I'm so happy we got one more full season. But I gotta tell you, the ratings were so abysmal. I mean horrible. Survivor beat it this year. Wow. That venerable old show that's been on even longer than Dancing with the Stars, they've had such a big drop this season. The voice beat it routinely every week. I'm afraid there's some damage that's been done to the brand. I'm going to be looking at those ratings very closely next fall because, as you know, in the radio business, you got to have ratings. So it's a big season coming up. So what
0: are you going to do with your... So there you go. Again, I'm just a regular person and I knew how important season 27 was. I'm like, we can't cry over spilt melt. You effed it up in 26. Let's fix it in 27. And of course, what happens? Absolutely nothing. They do more stupid things. They double down on their mistakes. Uh, The basics went to hell. You know, camera angles got worse. Audio got worse. Um, And of course, you had the Armageddon result when you had your first non-legitimate winner winning the show. And uh, I'm like, holy crap they're not going to fix this. And they obviously didn't fix it. And I knew then our goose was cooked. I knew, and I didn't know details about who executive producer was and all that. I mean, I knew there was a change and I knew there was going to be a problem, but I didn't get this goofball guy's name until I looked up a little more because I'm like, what's going on here? They are killing this show and there's no reason for them to do this. Uh, Season 28 comes along. That's the dead man walking season for Tom and Aaron. Uh, You know, Tom tweeted out something that the Executive producer Lenaris didn't like, and so what's he do, do? He fires him. He fires the legend, and it wasn't a bad a bad tweet. It was just Tom's expressing his opinion, and because it disagreed with the executive producer, um, this is the measure of a man. When you have power over people and you just take it out on them because you're you're upset, you're mad, you're you're pouting, and uh, you know the show changed. Tom was not happy anymore. He actually said, you know the. After he left, uh, the show that I left was not the show that I loved. And boy, that's kind of similar to me. The station I left was not the station I loved. But that's a different story. Uh, It just was so sad. And then, of course, Tyra comes in. God, what an awful move there. Then they had the scoring snafu in season 29. It just kept going bad to worse. Then he had the live scoring somewhere in there. And it's like, oh, every, every move he made made things progressively worse. And that's why ABCA was done with it. Well, thank God they fired him. Thank God they brought in Conrad. And we got hope again. You know, it's not perfect, but it's hope. And, you know, we all need hope in life. (laughs) <laughs> all right. Well, the judges are all back. I love that. Uh, Carrie Ann, Bruno, Lynn, the old school judges from season one. I know they get on everybody's nerves from time to time. Who, who doesn't? We are all we all get on each other's nerves from time to time. But they're good. They've got to cinch up their ship too. They've got to quit giving 10s out to everybody at the end of the season. they got to start critiquing again at the end of the season. Um, they need to make a decision each week. They need to have a winner. You don't go into the finals saying, oh, we give everybody 10s. You guys decide in uh, voting world out there. No, that's not the way the show's supposed to be. It's supposed to be half and half. The viewers pick a winner. You pick a winner. They add them together and they find out who wins. Uh, I hope Conrad addresses that with them because I don't think they're going to do anything about it. Unless Andrew was telling them how to vote and everything. I can't imagine that. But as bad as he was, who knows? He might have been. Let's see. Anything else happening? Uh, all the pros are back except for uh, Lindsay and Sharna. They're both uh, having kids and want more kids. And so they've decided to sit out, I guess. Uh, Unfortunately, Keo has disappeared. And for those of you that know the show, Keo was on, I want to say, for 10 seasons or so. Maybe not that many. I should have looked that up beforehand. But he was, I thought, a great dancer. And, you know, they did him wrong. They gave him bad partner after bad partner after bad partner. And now all of a sudden, it sounds like he's just been gotten rid of. And I think I've heard stories where he would still like to be on the show. I don't know what's happened there, but, uh, he's not back either this year. Um, Coco's the one new pro. I think we mentioned that earlier. Nice to see Louis van Amstel and Mark Ballas back. And then, uh, kind of a side thing here, uh, Sasha and Emma, you know, they're married, the pros on the show and they have decided to call it quits after four years. So I guess they're going to be, or they've already separated and they're going to be divorcing. And, uh, that's kind of sad, of course, but uh, you know most marriages end in divorce or they're not happy. Anyways, I shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> but uh, uh, they're still going to work together and they're friends and all that good stuff. So uh, uh, can't wait to see this, the episode. Who knows what they're going to do with some other things? We haven't heard a thing about scoring, and that is so important. That life scoring's got to go. We got to get rid of the one or the ten votes per person that just leads to ballot box stuffing and popularity winners. And I really, really hope and think Conrad you know, is going to have a handle on this and, and it'll get better. So I've complained enough. I'm going to try to be more positive this year. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to uh, call them out when they do things they shouldn't do, in my opinion. But uh, so glad the show's back. So glad we have a platform and very appreciative here. And again, like I mentioned, we have two more seasons. So not just this one, but the one uh, uh, next season also. Okay, or next year, rather. Um, Let's finish this up here. I'm looking at my time. It's not bad, I guess. Uh, Maybe I should quit worrying about that, but I'm trying to cut back a little bit. Uh, Let me just talk about the contest real quickly here. We are going to have another contest again this year. We did one last year, and we did one on the uh, Hang Zone call-in show, which we're going to do again. So we'll have uh, two chances again to go see uh, Dancing with the Stars live and in person. That's what the contest uh, prize is. It's all expense-paid trip for one to go see the show. Uh, if you hang with me, I'll have the rental car. I'll pay for your food. If you don't want to, that's cool. You can do all that on your own. But I definitely will cover your hotel and the uh, flight to get out there. You're free to bring a guest if you'd like that will stay with you in your room. Uh, but the guest has to pay their own way. They have to get their own airfare. Uh, of course, their their hotel won't cost them anything, and the rental car won't either if you uh, drive with me. So. Um, I've had a blast doing it. I've given away eight trips to see the show. I've got two on the back burner because we couldn't go last year because of COVID. And that all is um, based on that too. You know, if if we have trouble getting tickets to the show, then it might not work. But uh, believe me, I'm going to be looking this week because uh, I want to see if we can get tickets like we used to in the past. I haven't heard much about that. So that worries me a little bit, but uh, would love to give away another couple trips to see the show live and in person. And you know, uh, I may have mentioned this last year. You don't have to go to the show. You know, they had the Dancing with the Stars tour in the off season. We could go do that. I went and saw seven of the tour stops last year, or last what a few months ago. Uh, Derek has his own show in Vegas. I've taken a couple people to see that as the bet payoff or as the contest payoff. And Max and Val have done tours in the past. Who knows? Maybe they'll start up again. So we can do other things. You don't have to wait another whole year to go to the show. But um, what we're going to do is I'll ask a question at the end of every podcast episode, not today, but starting next week, and you, it will be a question about something we talked about the previous week's podcast. See what I did there? I want you to try to listen to my previous week's podcast. So, um That's an open book test, so anybody can answer it. You're going to write your answer down in your little notebook. Hopefully, you got a notebook with, uh, I don't know, sparkles on it or something, so that's your Dancing with the Stars notebook. And then at the end of the season, you'll turn in all your answers to me, and uh, we'll pick a winner to go see the show live and in person. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Next week, our first question in the uh, Trip Giveaway Contest.
2: Turn out the light. The party's over, they say that all good things must end. Call it a night, the party's over. And tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again.
0: All right. For those of you that were with me last year, you know that's Dandy Don Meredith, a former Cowboys quarterback back in the 1960s. My god, he's been dead now for 10, 12 years. And uh, I love that song. Don used to sing that all the time. It's a Willie Nelson song, I believe. He would sing that little verse there uh, at the end of a Monday night football game when one of the other teams had been defeated, not necessarily at the very end, but like when they were getting the score run up on them or something. And Monday night football, as we talked about last year, was a highlight of my youth. I just looked forward to that every week. The halftime highlights with Howard Cosell, And Don was there with Howard Cosell and Frank Gifford, and I think it's the best three-man crew that's ever been in sports announcing. And they had a unique thing there for almost all the 70s, and it was uh, the sounds of my youth, I guess. But uh, So we're going to play that each week when it's time to get out of here. And then last year, what we did also was we ended up uh, each show with a song by a contestant that had been on Dancing with the Stars. And believe me, there's tons of contestants that have been on Dancing with the Stars. And I did that last year and I thought, well, we did it. I don't really need to do that again. I played all the songs I wanted to be played, or that I wanted to play. I mean, you know, there's other celebrities. I could do Danka Shane by Wayne Newton here if if I wanted to, but kind of gone through the ones I wanted. And so I thought I'd start playing some music of songs that I loved and grew up with. And uh, that's what we're gonna do here. So. Uh, Here's the beginning of one of them, and these are songs from my youth, so uh, I hope you like it. Uh, Let's just listen to it a little while. You're going to notice the familiarity with each of these songs that I play. They're all kind of a disco funky sound, but let's listen a little to this. You guys that are of my age and of the disco era, you'll certainly recognize that song. That's called The Groove Line by a band called Heat Wave. And you know, this this is the song of my youth, boy. It's kind of the disco funky uh, roller disco song, I guess you would say. And uh, the band Heat Wave was formed in 1975. Uh, This song, The Groove Line, came out in 1978. They had another really big hit called Boogie Nights, which was actually a bigger hit than this on the radio. And I like that song too, but the groove line was uh, my groove from uh, Heatwave. And uh, again, you know, I listened to the radio in the late 70s, early 80s, and this kind of music dominated at that time. So I am a disco boy, so you're gonna get a snoot full of uh, disco fla- slash uh, dance music as we end each show. Um, most of these acts, though, unfortunately, they were. it was so long ago, you know, 45 years ago. Most of them are dead now. Uh, the Heat Wave usually had six or seven guys in the band. The three main guys that uh, formed it, they're all gone now. And uh, we can still listen and enjoy their music, though. So uh, that's a nice thing there. Listen to this crash here. The cymbal crash at this uh, 208 mark. <laughs> okay, next week on uh, Dancing with the Stars, it's the Season 31 premiere on September 19th. And yes, I am going to Los Angeles. No, I don't have tickets because they usually don't give out tickets until a couple days before. I'm uh, doing it on a wing and prayer here there. I thought I'd better get the uh airfare now when it's reasonable, which I did months ago when I found out the premiere date. And uh I'm going to try to get tickets uh this season. If it's hard to get them, I may try to invoke you guys to help me get some tickets, but um, if it's like it was a few years back, you can get them. You just got to be diligent, and boy, I'll be diligent this week trying to get them. So uh, I'll be out in L.A. Hopefully I'm going to get in. If not, I'm going to try to get in, and uh, that usually doesn't work. I've tried that a couple other times. <laughs> it hasn't worked, but uh, I'll beg and plead with whoever's in the line out there. Hey, is there any way I can sneak in with you? But the thing is, you got to have a ticket. So unless they have, you know, another ticket, I'm kind of out of luck but I'll have a report for you next week, no matter what. Um, of course, uh, thank you to TC for allowing me to do this again at his place. Uh, it's just, I guess that you kick out of it and I hope you guys do too. And I want to thank you for listening, especially those of you that came back after listening you decided to come back. That's great. But again, thank you to the people that are new too. And, uh, get ready. Premier week next week. Until then, I'll talk to you in about a week. This is Tony, the engineer. Bye-bye. <laughs>